Hour number three of BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, kicking off right here, right now. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now is Aaron Schatz of FTN, here to talk about Week 18, awards markets, all sorts of fun stuff. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. And I know there's been a lot of chatter about Comeback Player of the Year, and we'll get to that specifically in just a minute. But first, as far as all of the other awards and award markets, uh, where maybe things are still up in the air, even slightly so, which ones uh, are the most interesting to you? Which ones are the most fascinating when it comes to the outcome being uncertain? I mean, I think that um, I think that offensive rookie of the year is very uncertain because do you go with C.J. Stroud or do you go with Puka Nakua? Do you feel like Puka Nakua has been a better player at his position than Stroud has been at his position, or is the importance of quarterback more important? And the other is coach of the year where I feel like uh, Kevin Stefanski is a little too overrated by the markets. There are so many good candidates for that award. D'Amico Ryans and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell and Dan Campbell. There's just so many good candidates that I feel like Stefanski being such a favorite is, is a little off. I'm with you, Coach of the Year. I don't understand the number on uh, Stefanski. Uh, it, it seems like it's more wide open. Um, I know Comeback Player of the Year is a little bit tricky, but you have an interesting take when it comes to maybe how voters could approach that. Yeah, I mean, this is I'll tell you how I'm approaching it, and I, I'm one of the voters, which is DeMar Hamlin either has to win the award or you shouldn't have him on your ballot at all. It makes no sense to put DeMar Hamlin second or third, because either you're giving this award to the best comeback, or you're trying to give it to the best player who came back from something, right? Or you can try to like balance the two with Joe Flacco. But if you're giving it to the best comeback, there's no question, the best comeback is Hamlin, but he barely played. Like the fact that he got on the field at all is amazing, but if you're looking to judge how good players were as players, the guy barely played this year. So he, he came back, but he kind of came back to what? So it's a tough decision. Do you, do you make him number one because the comeback is so impressive? Or do you leave him off your ballot? What shocks me about this award is nobody's talking about Lamar Jackson, right? Who's the MVP favorite who came back from an injury at the end of last year or Brock Purdy who came back from a UCL tear. Hmm. The no, the, these are really good points. And, and for sure, it's something where I wonder, because we use titles for these awards that are oh so ambiguous, like even something like most valuable player, you go, okay, well, typically this goes to a quarterback and that makes a whole lot of sense in terms of the importance of the position. But sometimes, uh, you know, one team is super duper successful because of one random left tackle or right guard or whatever it is, and you're not going to give the award to them. And then most valuable versus best and all of that stuff. I do wonder if we're going to get to a point, whether it's comeback player of the year or something else, where maybe there's a little bit more definition and maybe we need to wait on that definition or if this is just going to be ambiguous for a long time to come. I mean, to me, most valuable player has to be a quarterback. That's the way the game works. If you want to give an award to the best player at his position, then you should have given it to Justin Tucker for a couple of years and Aaron Donald for a couple of more. So... (laughs) 
Like either we're giving this to the most valuable player or you should start considering players at positions where nobody ever considers players for MVP. So, you know, I mean, it's most valuable. I love that. Good point there on Justin Tucker. Uh, what are some of your favorite bets for this week? I know we've talked about incentives and, you know, some teams looking for seating, stuff like that. Uh, where are you looking? What angles do you like? Uh, I like the Detroit Lions minus three and a half. I think Dan Campbell clearly gets his guys ready to play. He doesn't care. It's the last week of the season. He doesn't care that there's not that much difference between the second seed and the third seed. He wants to win. Uh, Detroit is eighth in my weighted DVOA ratings. Minnesota is 23rd, and uh, they're a mess at quarterback. So I like Detroit minus three and a half. Another one I like is Baltimore plus either three and a half or four, depending on which book you're looking at. Um, four years ago, the Ravens came into the last week of the season, sat their starters. The Steelers had to win to make the playoffs, and the Ravens beat them 28 to 10. Like, this happens where teams that are sitting there, you can only sit so many starters, right? Like, you can only make seven guys inactive and have a couple of guys who don't play, and everybody else has to play. And Tyler Huntley mm -hmm. is a reasonable backup. So the game is in Baltimore. I don't think it would be shocking to see Baltimore either win this game or keep it close. When it comes to analyzing, say, those particular games where a team could improve their playoff seating or get into the playoffs altogether versus a team that's already eliminated from contention, certainly teams in the past who have nothing to play for, they will get those upsets every now and again. But I wonder if you're analyzing motivation, if at all, if there is an additional angle to think about, like for instance, like Bears Packers, for instance, like there are plenty of individual reasons why the Bears may want to win this game, even though they're they're out of it. Uh, but if say you're looking at motivation, you need to analyze it a bit more closely, or is there some sort of angle to think about that maybe the market does not bring into account when looking at a particular game? No, I mean, there's a lot of psychology involved you know, where someone who's a stats analyst like me has to sort of throw up his hands and go, you know, what do I know about the psychology of these players and who's going to try? What I know in general is football players try, right? Like, they don't like to lose. Coaches don't like to lose. That's why tanking in the NFL is there's really no such thing as tanking, like a team that tries to tank. Look at Arizona this year. Everyone thought they were tanking. They were tanking. They tried hard. They tried to win games. Like they were not tanking on purpose. Like it is hard to make players not try. And the difference between starters and backups in the NFL is not necessarily as big as you think it is. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously when you have a game like 49ers Rams, where both teams are starting, starting, uh, are sitting their starters. And then it's like, I, I have no idea what's going on there. That's a big red stay away sign, but um, you know, I think that the Chiefs and the Ravens and uh, maybe even the Browns are, are a little bit underrated this week. What about the Patriots with the narrative that Bill Belichick could be leaving New England? Uh, what do you think about that spread against the Jets this week? I mean, I, I, I think that the Jets, you know, you can definitely see a situation where the Patriots lose given the way um, – you know, that they've played on offense. But again, you know, Belichick uh, criticized. 
MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Baltimore is the third strongest team and San Francisco is the sixth strongest team. Like it's crazy how good these teams have been. Baltimore has just whacked the good teams on its schedule and San Francisco has walloped the good teams on its schedule, except for Baltimore. So um, I think those two teams are pretty prohibitive favorites. If you ask me who's going to make it other than those two teams, if somebody upsets them, Yes, the most likely teams to upset them are the Bills and the Cowboys, respectively, in each conference. And yeah, the Bills are more dangerous than their win-loss record, that's for sure. But I I just have the Ravens and 49ers as so strong right now. I agree. And I, you know, if we do see that rematch, we just saw it a couple weeks ago. Of course, the Ravens beat the Niners 33-19. I know Trent Williams had to leave that game and was banged up and that could have been, you know, a big part of it. But how would you see it playing out if they met for the second time in the Super Bowl? I mean, I have the Ravens as a slightly better team, but most people who do advanced metrics still have the 49ers as the slightly better team. And my guess is that in a Super Bowl rematch, the 49ers would actually be favored despite losing the first game. And I would recommend going with the Ravens, but the two teams are pretty close. They're closer together than that game showed. There were a lot of weird bounces of the ball, turnovers. Mm -hmm. Purdy's not going to turn the ball over again four times or whatever it was if these two teams play a rematch. They're closer than that. And so... It would be a great, it would be a historic game between two teams having historically great seasons. That being said, there's more than a 50-50 chance that we don't get there, right? Like even my numbers, which have these teams stronger than anyone else has them, says it's more likely that we don't get this rematch than that we do. That somebody knocks off one of these teams on the way to the Super Bowl. Is there a team uh, in terms of your historic rankings that was similarly ranked that did not make the Super Bowl and maybe they resemble the Ravens or 49ers? We'll start with the 2019 Ravens. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Sounds good I to mean, me. The 2019 <laughs> Ravens were super high, and they lost to Tennessee in the divisional round. Uh, the 2010 Patriots were similar in that they destroyed everybody on their schedule and were super hot at the end of the year and then lost to the Jets. Another one that's similar to that is the 1987 49ers. If you take out the strike breaker games, they were still the number one team that year and they are historically strong. And then they lost to uh, Minnesota in the Anthony Carter game in the divisional round of 87. So uh, there have been teams that, and then of course there's the 2007 Patriots who made it to the Super Bowl and then lost the Super Bowl. So there have been plenty of historically great teams that didn't make it to the Super Bowl. There is a lot of random chance going on in the playoffs. Any other team that you think could be dangerous, NFC, AFC, come playoff time? I know a lot of people have been talking about the Rams with Sean McVay. Um, any other team that you think we should be aware of? My numbers have the Rams lower than I think conventional wisdom. Their offense has been very, very strong. There's no question about it, but their defense is mediocre and their special teams are so bad. Most people who do advanced metrics don't consider special teams at all. And I think that that is a mistake. Obviously, special teams are less important and less predictable than offense or defense, but they do matter. And the Rams are terrible. In that area, it cost them a game against the Ravens, and it nearly cost them a game against the Giants. So I think the Rams are not necessarily as dangerous as people think. Uh, I do think the Cleveland Browns are as dangerous as people think. Flacco and the offense is not really any better than average, but that defense is fantastic. And we do know from history that Flacco can go on a little bit of a run. So uh, there is some uh, danger with the Cleveland Browns. Well, I want to piggyback off of that idea because more often than not, the best offense or say like a top two, top three offense is the one that ultimately wins this whole thing. But every now and again, we might see a defense a la like the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50, for instance. What Peyton Manning, it was that defense that went nuts. I do wonder if maybe we're due, just given the natural life cycle of the NFL, that maybe a defense can be that unit that makes a push. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, San Francisco and Baltimore are so strong this year. They're like my number two and three defenses, right? Uh, I think the 49ers are number four. I think the Jets might be three. So, I mean, those, you know, those teams are amazingly strong on both sides of the ball. So, obviously, those are your favorites because they're so strong on both sides of the ball. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a possibility of Cleveland. Uh, doing it, but it's more likely offense. The idea that defense wins in the playoffs is wrong. Offense is still the most predictive thing. So, yeah. um, you know, the Rams have that going for them and the Buffalo Bills have that going for them and the Dallas Cowboys have that going for them and everything. But what the Ravens and 49ers have going for them is being fantastic on both sides of the ball, plus special teams for the Ravens. The 49ers special teams are not really impressive. Very good job sneaking in one more Justin Tucker accolade. You just can't do it enough with him. Aaron Tucker shots of FDN. That good this year. That's the shocking thing. Ravens special teams are number right. two, and Tucker hasn't been that good. That, that, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It has been surprising. It's still like it's a legacy play more than anything else. Aaron oh, shots yeah. of FTN. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the two minute drill right here on the BetQL Network. <laughs> 